Hello, and welcome to Point of View, where we give students a place to listen, learn, and lean in. I'm your host, Jordan Anderson, and in today's episode, we'll be focused on the mystery of the Brown Mountain Lights. So what are the Brown Mountain Lights? The Brown Mountain Lights are mysterious lights that started to appear on Brown Mountain in North Carolina for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, and no one really knew what they were and why they were there. Some people say they look like shining lights and large different shaped orbs, and sometimes they appear in different colors, like Christmas lights. Some even say that the lights floated in mid-air about 15 feet above the Brown Mountain. But before I continue any further, most of our information in this podcast is from Wendy Goon, a YouTuber that covered this topic last year. There will be a link to his video in our description, and some other information that I have gathered was from personal research. And of course, if you want to learn more, feel free to explore. It's a very interesting topic and it has many pathways you can go down. Okay, so here's a little history of the brown lights. The brown lights were first brought to people's attention officially in 1912 by an article that was written by a fishing club and published by the Charlotte Observer. And 1913 was when the federal government got involved, after many locals claimed to see the strange mysterious lights in Linville Gorge, and it became talk of the town. The U.S. Geological Survey sent Agent D.B. Stewart to go check the lights out from Wise Men's View, which gives a perfect view of the lights and the main spot people go to see the lights. After the agent viewed the lights, his final report was that the locals were just looking at train lights since railroads were becoming more popular and being built all throughout the area, that nothing nothing crazy was going on, and that they were pretty much just talking. So to debunk what the agent reported, a major flood went through the town in 1916 and knocked out all electricity and all the railways for a good chunk of time. And during that time, the lights were showing, no sign of dimness at all. So two guys, a father and a son, owned a hotel that was near Wiseman View, and lots of people would go to the hotel just to see the lights. And the owner started to gather information of the things that the guests would say about the lights, and he brought news attention, and it made it grow from just a local town event to national attention. Therefore, because of the attention, another agent was sent by the name of George Mainsfield in 1922, and his job was to collect good enough hard evidence to show these people that these aren't mysterious or ghostly lights, that they're probably just normal lights that they just never really noticed before. One thing the locals did say was that the lights didn't happen every single day. Sometimes, they, sometimes they'll pop up for a couple days, or sometimes they'll pop up for one day. So when the agent stayed for a whole two weeks, he didn't see not a glimpse of the lights. So his report came out that it was just headlights from cars, stationary lights from buildings, etc. The agent even suggested that growth of electricity in the area and the growing amount of automobiles could play a major part in these light sightings. And he also brought up the lights from stationary possibly reflecting off one another, making it seem like something was there when nothing really was. Another thing that the U.S. Geological Survey used to dismiss the brown lights was that the author Jules Verne published the book Master of the World in 1906. Now, Jules Verne was known for publishing sci-fi books that centered around the world, the moon, and the universe. One that you might be familiar with is The Journey to the Center of the Earth, which he wrote in 1800s, which then became a movie lots of years later. Anyway, the book is about a mad scientist that was constructing airships in his lair in North Carolina, and the book had mentioned giant lights traveling and floating around the mountain, so they thought the locals were too caught up in storytelling and wanted to make little folktales. Shockingly low, the lights were mentioned a hundred or so years before in 1776 by Jean William Garraud de Broome. 
He was part of a research group sent by King George, and in his writing he called the lights luminous vapors. Now, researchers don't use his sightings as clear evidence of the lights because it was never confirmed that the guy was really talking about the lights. Many inferred that he was talking about the weather here and comparing it back home in Europe. And also, it was hard to confirm he was talking about the lights because the way he spoke and the way he wrote it in his letter was hard to understand and decipher what he was exactly speaking. But many do believe he was talking about the lights and they do use it as factual evidence. Something that was confirmed and that's used throughout all research was that Fate Wiseman, a young boy in 1854, used to go camping on Linville Mountain with friends. And both his friends and him brought up the sight of the lights to his dad, to which his dad even admitted himself to seeing lights whenever he would go up there on the mountain. And that's how Wiseman viewed God's name. Even the book that was written all the way back during the Civil War stated sightings of these lights, so it wasn't just the locals being odd and it wasn't just a new thing. Fast forward to 1998, an Appalachian State professor, Daniel Caden, placed a bunch of different cameras all around the gorge that took pictures every several hours, hoping that he could see just a glimpse of the lights in any of those pictures. The, camera, the cameras had over six hours of footage, but nothing on the film came back that could back up the mysterious lights. And also because of camping and people roaming the hills, it's hard to confirm if what they saw on film and what we see is actually the brown mountain lights or stationary lights or lights from people in general. There are many theories, stories, and or legends that people created of what the brown lights could possibly be since no one really knew. One big theory, which became a local legend, was that the lights were the souls of Cherokee Indian women searching for their men that died in battle on the mountain. The women will go in the forest with lanterns searching for their dead loved ones all up and down the mountain, and the lanterns would be the lights in this case. Another story was that the lights were a ghost of a murdered mother and her newborn child after being stuck in an abusive relationship for years with her husband, and that's where their souls would lay. Many theories connect with spirits because of the lights. There was also some scientific theories though. One theory was that the lights were gaslights, which they also called the will of wisp. Now, gaslights are a natural phenomenon, and they have to have specific environment for them to occur, which the area of the lights did not have. Another one was that the lights were something called St. Elmo's Fire, and St. Elmo's Fire was when lightning from thunderstorms would hit the ground and form huge balls of fire, which people connected to people saying that the lights look like different shaped orbs. So as time went on, people continued to make their own stories and theories about the lights, turning them into folklore and interesting tales about the Brown Mountain. Another thing about the lights was that during the months of September, October, November, and December, the lights were at their peak, and whenever it rained, the lights were sure to come out. Now, into present day, the light origins are still unknown, and researchers are still coming up with endless possibilities of what could be the explanation of these lights. The lights, though, did bring a lot of attention to North Carolina. The mountain became quite the camping site for travelers and locals, and many people take trips, and still do, to the Brown Mountain at the possibility of seeing the lights at night. The most common place, of course, is Wiseman's View. As stated earlier, it gives you a perfect view of the lights, and they even have observation stations set up for light viewing, but it is a little tricky to access because it's off-road and filled with tons of gravel. Another popular place is Brown Mountain Overlook. And this overlook is a top view to see the mountains, towns, and everything in between. But this concludes today's episode of Point of View. Thank you so much for listening. For a transcript of this episode, head to the Point of View tab on our website, nhsmessenger.org, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at NHS Point of View. 
I'm your host, Jordan Anderson, and this has been Point of View.